0: Wolfie D, conquer those demons. I love you. Live that life, man. Your kids need you. Your woman needs you. And you need you.
1: This show is dedicated to the memory of my good friend, Joseph Hudson.
2: Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and In Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13 to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more, nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D.
1: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, once again, welcome to Live and in Color with Wolfie D. And you know I'm Wolfie D. And I got my co-host, Jimmy Screek. I'm going to change on my phone how I spell your name so that when my uh, Siri, and I have my Siri sent to a female British accent, I want to yeah. hear Jimmy Screet calling Jimmy Screet.
2: <laughs> I love it. Jimmy Screet is calling. Yeah, man. I've been called that a long time ago by a buddy of mine, but you, you've you picked it up and, and it's really, it's your thing now. So yeah. Jimmy Screet, scrimps across the street. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. We had this idea for a show, basically, you know, just talk about it real quick.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, You know, one of my best buddies in the world, Joseph Cephas, rest in peace, Uh, Joseph Hudson. uh, What an incredibly smart guy this dude was, man. And he touched everybody uh, in some kind of way, man. He really did, man. He was a special person. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, for sure you know he he got into the business late. He also had the uh, the Asperger's uh, he was a highly functioning autistic and unless you knew it and knew the kind of stuff to look for, uh, you probably wouldn't know it but right. the dude that man he he got up every morning and did the same routine. He, he used to have a big library in his house and I'm talking books that me and you probably, don't even know exist or if we read it we wouldn't know what we read uh furs <laughs> and and all that kind of stuff man and he would read a few pages out of that every morning from his library and I'm talking about you went downstairs in his house and it was like a it was an older house so the basement was um not flat walls very rocky walls very old yeah. uh, very very cool looking especially for the the type of books and the age of the books that he had in there it was like some harry potter shit but uh yeah. I didn't really yeah, he could uh, do that, have his coffee, and then also play an instrument. Usually the piano, play a little bit of that. But he did that routine every morning, man. This is just this guy has been a missionary before. I mean, he he's yeah. done a lot of stuff. He's a talented musician, writer. He's funny, and he was yeah. being a pretty good wrestler, man. And and um, uh, beyond all that, he was a good dude, man. He was just totally. a really, uh, I really took to him. I liked him a lot.
2: Yeah. So he was born July 1st, 1977. Joseph Hadley Hudson, born in Nashville, Tennessee. He started out, he was the Shelby street brawler. I remember seeing signs. I moved to Nashville in 2004 and around 2008 or so, I started seeing these stickers around or signs saying Josephus, the Shelby street brawler. Yeah. Now it's saying, I read online that his technical debut was January 9th, 2010. He ended up being a four-time USWO champion. I know you have a couple of those reigns probably under your belt as well. Now, it also said he was trained by Dutch Mantell, but was he started? Well, how did that work? I think,
1: and uh, LT started him. Okay, he got with Dutch, and about the time he got with Dutch is when he met me, and I kind of, I was, I took him on the road and and booked him against me. Yeah. Uh, at least places, because, frankly, and he'll he'll say it, I mean, hell, I needed a ride, he needed some work, so we yeah. just kind of worked that out, and I tried to help him, and I really liked, you talk about the Shelby Street Brawler, I liked, and, and with the name Josephus, the Shelby Street Brawler, I kept thinking of Bo Cephas, and he needed to wear yeah. a truck driver hat and, and go that route, and uh, I had him do it in Memphis, uh, I can't remember whether that was Power Pro at the time or what it was, but at any rate, I took him down there very early on, and I wanted him to do that. I said, because people were pushing him, oh, you look like, bro, do you need to do this? And I'm just right. all in one. I do not like copying other people to a T like that. I don't like it. Right. Uh, he got the blessing, though, of Frank, uh, Frank's wife, and right. he kind of ran with it, man. And and whatever, I mean, I can't change the dude's mind. He I mean, he did good with it. But I just, you know, me and my my gimmicks and stuff. I really like the trucker thing and calling both or Josephus, you know, play on Josephus. And having him be a trucker. I just really liked that better. But he chose the other route. And I mean, it worked out for him, you know.
2: <laughs> yeah. So let me just tell you a quick brief history of, of his and, and my relationship. So basically uh-huh. in around two thousand six, my band played a show at a, a little dive bar, it's world's most famous dive bar in Nashville, Tennessee, called The Springwater. We played a show there and Joe he was a Nashville kid. And he would go to different shows, and and for some reason our paths crossed that night. And he came up to me after the show, and I, you know it was just a striking image of the this big dude, you know. And he said, "Man, you guys sound like this band called the Jesus Lizard," which I took as a huge, huge, huge compliment. That so we met at the Springwater. Then I'm working at this place around 2010 2011. I'm working at this place called the Great Escape. Hadn't seen Joe since then, and Joe walks in. And we start talking. He's got this longer hair. We just ended up talking about pro wrestling, just like I did with random strangers all the time. And he's like, well, yeah, I'm wrestling now for USWO down at the stadium in there. And, you know, he goes about this stuff. And then he comes in one time with Luke from the Bushwhackers. He comes in another time with Tony Falk. He comes in (laughs) with his brother, Seth. And, you know all these cool people. And then, so then our paths cross in wrestling. And the funniest thing he ever said to me is, you know, he was a huge, he was so funny, right? I mean, hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. He said to me, he said, Jimmy, you model your managerial style after Gary Hart, mm-hmm. but your name is Jimmy. Why don't you go by Jimmy Hart? And <laughs> then he said, Oh, Wait! <laughs> it was the funniest thing, and I can't even touch the way his delivery was oh, because yeah, you
1: can't man because he a lot of his stuff was so dry, and a lot of it wasn't even meant to be funny. it's right? Yeah, um, yeah.
2: yeah. Did you ever see his boogie woogie Jimmy Valiant impersonation?
1: Oh, I've seen man. Me and him were going to do. You know, me being back into the art and all that kind of stuff, me and him had plans to do like a animated cartoon and me and him were going to do the voices because we always uh, would imitate everybody and we both did pretty good impressions of the people we were doing and stuff like that. I mean, we never got around to it, but it was, yeah, it was, we, we had some good laughs with that stuff
2: yeah well you know he got what was great for me is he got his path with billy Corgan. you know he did that traveling documentary with billy that was available yeah, I, on on social media and youtube going
1: back just a second yeah um, you were talking about you know he always had cool people around him and, shit, and 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 yeah i started noticing that too i was like you know he got me that uh lamb chop the, the group lamb chop yes came uh they're big in uh in europe and uh, they came to the Stadium in and he needed somebody to do this video with him. And uh, I, I actually think I was the second choice. I can't remember who the first choice was, but they were unavailable. But anyway, yeah. uh, so uh, we do this thing for this video. It's called Gone Tomorrow by Lamb Chop. It's on YouTube if you want to look it up. But he got me that deal, and uh, I started to man, that dude, he's got some connections and stuff, man. Drink some good were work all
3: all around. stiff like sunshine in the basement The practical move starts itself looks like water comes from somewhere else
1: and I could use a thing or two today. you know uh I I hate to be the spoiler we are going to watch an interview and in that he's and I, I hated seeing this part of it and I don't want to get too far into it before we watch it but right he, he thought that I felt like he was a mark at the beginning, but that's just me being me an old school wrestler. I don't trust yeah. anybody. First of right. all, got to get to know you to make right. sure that <laughs> yeah. you're not someone that's gonna, you know, screw me over or, or whatever. You're just hanging out with me just because you know what I mean? So
2: totally. I, well, I mean, I don't think he took, I mean, here's the thing. I can't speak for him, but I will say from my angle, our very first if you listen to our very first episodes of this podcast, we kind of had that relationship of you were like, mm, this is just an interview by a dude and it could be gone tomorrow. We'll see yeah. if this lasts. He's probably, you know,
1: that's this and talking about the, the the video gone tomorrow.
2: Right. Wow. Good job, Jimmy. Hey, man, I try. But long story (laughs) short, you know, Lamb Chop was a great band, actually, you know, Nashville based indie rock band. Big fan of them. Love that video. Thought it was very cool. Y'all did a great job in that video. So the cool thing, man, is he ended up doing so many other cool things like Dark Side of the Ring. He played Bruiser Brody on Dark Side of the Ring, you know, so he got the N.W.A. spot. I you know, question mark, working with Aaron, you know, Stevens there, just the former Damian Sandow. I just I was so happy that he got a spot at a decently large promotion, especially one that's trying to get their name out there like the N.W.A. to try to. You know,
1: and it's it's terrible, uh, especially the way he passed. And, and to, to this day, as we're talking about it every now and then, I'm like, damn man, I can't I can't call Joe because Joe was one of those people that I could call yeah kind of like me and you do jimmy like you're you're at this point in my life you're probably like dog one of the only people that i call and go hey what's up man what you doing like i don't (laughs) need anything right you're my friend and the same i felt with him i could call him up anytime if i just felt like hey what are you doing what's going on you know and i don't have that many people that i do that with um so yeah sucks and then the way he went you know i don't want to get all morbid and everything but for the people that don't know i mean he joe didn't do nothing man joe didn't smoke joe didn't drink he didn't right. do and uh he's he's with his child with his child trying to be a good father at his mother's house he has a headache he goes to the bathroom to get some tylenol they hear a loud crash and basically he had a brain aneurysm boom dead instantly and, yeah. and, and man, if it could ever happen, you know, when they say, God, man, you know, why they take the good guys. I mean, seriously, come on. Right. I mean, that's, oh, that, yeah. I couldn't believe it, man. I still can't believe it,
2: man. It's crazy. I, I know, dude. Think of the stuff that you and I have lived through. And I know you know what you've lived through and I know what I've lived through. Oh, yeah. and we both, you know. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, the cool thing is, is we did discuss this tribute show pretty much from the start of this podcast. There were things on our list like Jerry the King Lawler got that done. You know, Jamie Dundee haven't done that one yet, but we'll get there. Uh, Tony Falk still going to get that one too. Randy Hales. Uh, Got to have that one. B- yeah. But but the one that we talked about was a Josephus tribute show. And one of the best ways that I thought we could do this is bring in his brother Seth Hudson on. Seth yeah. runs Josephus' social media account now. If you see Josephus' accounts active, it's because of his brother Seth. So, yeah. Wolfie, you want to take a quick break and then let's bring Seth on and talk to him? You cool with that? I can't wait. All right, man. Sounds good. We'll be right back.
1: Hey, folks, to get your official Live and in Color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash LiveWolfie D. Check it out.
2: If you're listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. Hey folks, we're back
1: and man, we have a very special guest with us today. Uh, He is the brother of my good friend Josephus, Joseph Hudson. This is Seth Hudson, everybody. Hi, thanks for having me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> We're glad to have you, man. Uh, what I want to uh, talk about, you know, I met Joe um, when he was breaking into the wrestling business. So later in his life, you know, obviously I didn't grow up with him or anything like that. But I just love this dude. And I love the the things that he did, you know, the, that fascinated me as far as the books he read, the, the music that he could write and play and just all the things that made him unique. Tell me about josephus growing up man what what was he like as a kid what kind of childhood that kind of thing i never really got in depth with him on that sort of thing
4: man in a lot of ways he was he was the same you know the same person just really outgoing and you know just a natural mike guy in a way i mean everybody loved him everybody always had fun around him yeah you know the same he was Exactly the same as when he was an adult, man. I mean, that's...
1: Was he into (laughs) the same sorts of things? Artsy, music-y type of kid?
4: Well, I mean, as as little kids, you know, we were, of course, big wrestling fans. Mm -hmm. We had the LJN figures. We had our own matches and stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, just, but, you know, when he was a teenager, he actually became pretty religious yeah i don't know if you know that wolfie i knew he was a a missionary yeah he went to missionary school um and he was involved with youth with a mission i think it's called that's in adams tennessee right
5: right right
4: and they actually went he actually went i think with them to a few other countries yeah to do mission work um in cuba i think the Dominican Republic and Mexico. Yeah. You know, he had told me
1: about some of that stuff. And that's what I mean. Just, I mean, this dude is just, he's multi-layered. Just, you know, you hear that about people, but he really was, man.
4: Yeah, he really was. And he, um, it's weird because when you, when you think about him or when I think about him, all these things just kind of free formed into different things. Mm hmm. Like, I mean, cause he had the ability like our dad did to just sort of, I mean, command attention when he went into a room, how personable he was and and that just sort of, it's crazy to think that that eventually evolved into him, you know, being a wrestler and being able to do that as a wrestler going from that kind of, you know, missionary work and stuff like that. And talking to a bunch of kids and things like that. Right, right. Yeah. One extreme to the other kind of deal. <laughs> yeah, but we were regular kids, man. I mean, we just had bikes, skateboards. We listened to punk rock and metal, you yeah. know.
7: Nice, nice. Even nice. when he was
4: religious, you know, he was into music. I mean, we right. both love Iron Maiden and this right, right. and stuff like that.
2: Yeah. You know, I met Joe. It was funny because when I first moved to Nashville, I was in a band, and I've told this on the show a million times, so I'm not going to bore the people with that. But <laughs> I basically was playing a show at the Springwater, and we were, this was our very first show in Nashville, Tennessee. And for some reason, there was this guy that was just kind of there. He wasn't really drinking, um, he wasn't really, but he seemed to be kind of into the music, and he was there. And after our show, we played, he was like, You know, I just happened to be here tonight, and I, he was like, I was really. I was really impressed with your guys' sound. You know, you reminded me of a band called the Jesus Lizard, which obviously then we started talking about the bands. Like you were talking about how, you know, my band was, was partly hard rock, but, but partly indie rock kind of thing. And so, you know, that's where I met him and then did not see him again until one fateful day. I'm in the great escape where I was working at in, in West Nashville. And, there comes this dude that it just is such a presence. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) He looked like bruiser Brody, but at the same time he was like his own person too. And we just started talking and it eventually led to wrestling. And then, and then we, then that's how I met. And then long story short, then we ended up working on some shows together. There's a great story about how he was determined not to have me as his manager so much so that when <laughs> someone sent me out to the ring, he said, watch the knee. And I said, what? And he kneed me right in the gut. And I dropped out of the ring and ran to the back. So it was great. <laughs> he only wanted Benita as his, his manager. And I respected that, but but the the, the booker did not, you know? So anyway, <laughs> <That's> but <hilarious. laughs> yeah, he's great. He was like, what are you doing out here? And, and I said, I don't know. Kroll sent me out here. And he was like, Watch the knee, and I said, "What?" <laughs> and boom, he, <laughs> and I was out. So, and he told me about it later. He was like, "Yeah, I just meant that as a you know way to get rid of you, you know." So, anyway, but that's awesome. Man, that's
4: a that's a hefty compliment to be compared to the Jesus Lizard. I think those guys are tight music. I mean, aside from the vocals, you know, that's what they wanted, right? But you know, right. I mean, they're legit musicians. They're not just, great band, you know, yeah, run of the mill. Ponks or whatever
2: and, and and what i knew of him as a musician later on it really even impressed me that he was even watching us man you know what i'm saying so i'm a pretty good bass player i feel like but at the same time we were not on the level of the jesus lizard so any kind of compliment like that you know so yeah i took it hardly and then meeting him in wrestling my two loves were rock and roll and wrestling and you know so it was just great to meet him and then obviously i met you at the great escape as well seth and you know your band
4: exists with him. Talk about that band a little bit man that's that's um pretty interesting stuff, man, because we we basically played together almost the same length of time that he was a wrestler,
5: yeah and
4: the idea of that was he wanted the show to be like wrestling. I don't yeah. know if did you guys ever see any of that live I don't uh-uh.
2: uh yeah, I did. I got to see one show, yeah. Yeah, so but
4: man, he would, he would get, and I wish I knew this guy's name. It was a guy from the stadium in, he would, he would kind of get him to come to the show and in the middle of the show, he would get him to heckle us. Like, what is this <laughs> crap? What are you guys doing down here? I, you know, I didn't, you know, in the cr- you know, it was kind of like the crowd didn't know that it was a, you know, kayfabe or put on or whatever. And yeah, yeah, he would he would get up there and you know argue with and man I wish I knew this guy's name He had spiked hair real nice guy huh. but Wolfie any idea? You know, he would get, he would um, give Joseph a bump in the middle of the show <laughs> you know I don't know who that kind of was
5: like, yeah uh, that's funny it,
4: but everybody's kind of like what is this real is somebody from the crowd you know up there trying to kick this dude's ass because he <laughs> you know that kind of thing so uh, I mean but it was. And and basically, the other idea of that I think was to just create something so absurd and strange that people didn't know what they were seeing. Also, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, as, that's far his, as far as the music, yeah. yeah, he 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 was
1: he had different ideas, and that's why I say he just, uh, he's just he's very talented person, man, very
4: very talented. He can come up with strange things like that. <laughs> it was basically like wrestling in a way. The, you know, sort of like what's going to happen here.
2: Yeah. Yeah, But so when he came to you and said, I'm going to be a wrestler or or did he even do that? Was it just naturally it just happened or did he come to you and say, Hey Seth, I think I'm going to do some wrestling thing here now. Do you remember any of that?
4: Man, that's, that's a really interesting story, man. Because, um, if you have time, I can tell the way, Of course. you know, what, what happened in the beginning with that. Yeah. we actually wanted to make a movie. You know, we were like, we, we want to make a movie. We've, you know, he was a huge David Lynch fan. Oh, yeah. yeah. And David Lynch made Inland Empire with some camcorder that you could actually buy that was reasonable. And it was like, hey, I want to make my own movie here. And um, when he moved back from school, he lived in Wichita. We used to meet at my mom's house once a week to... um you know, have family time, family dinner or something. Mm -hmm. We started watching wrestling again together. And it's, you know, that turned into, are you coming to wrestling this week? Like we would, you know, go to my mom's and watch wrestling once a week. Mm -hmm. So that morphed into let's make a movie about wrestling. Yeah. And so he had a, we both, this is, this is really kind of strange. We both, um, our father was a civil war collector. Mm -hmm. And so the basic idea of the movie was somebody who was maybe halfway schizophrenic Mm -hmm. who becomes a wrestler, but in his head, you know, there's kind of a surrealist landscape that he's fighting a battle. That's real. Mm -hmm. And he sort of, I mean, it's sort of Terry Gilliam esque where he goes into that civil war world
2: yeah, and yeah, I, mean, I love it.
4: So we, ha- we had something, a, a big idea like that. And, I mean, we wanted to be ambitious, man. We wanted, you know, to cast wrestlers in that thing. I mean, we didn't really understand the wrestling world at that point or what that would take. But, you know, we wanted Dusty Rhodes as a S- Civil War general giving a speech. And you know, <laughs> yeah, his, yeah. his enemy or on the other side was Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah, yeah,
2: you know, I love it.
4: Stuff like yeah. that, and hey, maybe so, we could carry this on. That sounds like something I'd love to be. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah, Wolfie sounds like a great general.
4: <laughs> yeah. So at some point, we um he heard about wrestling at the fairgrounds, and so we were like, let's go check this out. Maybe we can, you know, meet some people and figure out if we can actually do this. And so we went to a show down there, and from there, I think maybe he talked to Lt. Falk. Oh yeah, and found out that you know, the same type of stuff goes on at the stadium in. And so he started going to the stadium in and filming what was going on down there and stuff. And eventually he was like, Hey man, they have a wrestling school down here. I'm thinking about, you know, getting trained as a wrestler, you know, that type of, yeah. But the question was my initial reaction to it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought he was, I thought at that point, I mean, maybe he was, 30, early 30s. I thought I thought it was kind of crazy.
5: <laughs> yeah, I thought.
4: I mean, you know, because people think this, you know, call the stuff fake or whatever. Man, That's Yeah. These guys get legit. I mean, Wolfie knows. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. There's legit injuries here, and I mean this, whatever you want to call this, staged or whatever. This. Right. I mean, well, I just thought it was a little. I was late wrong. For to I start. Mean, obviously. I didn't think it was a good idea at that point, but yeah, that's another thing with his personality. It just morphed into that. Yeah. It, he, he was sort of like a narcotics detective that, you know, was investigating <laughs> the narcotics and then got hooked on them. Hooked yeah. On them.
2: Yeah. He goes right. undercover. Right. Like the, like the movie rush. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> right. Yeah. You, you know, so, okay. So to me, you know, just like Wolfie, Joe was blessed with the frame of what you would say a professional wrestler was. Now, obviously. He worked on that. I remember seeing him originally, and then I kind of, I was like, oh, wait, I did meet you. And then he kind of modified even further as he was adding weight on, you know, through the gym and stuff, you know, that metamorphosis as well. You know, he he did seem to have some uh, natural athletic abilities to him. So I guess that lent to his, even though he was in his thirties, he could still, you know, learn some new things, not like the old dog, new tricks kind of thing.
4: Oh, yeah. He was always, I mean, he lettered in three sports in high school. So there you go. Yeah. Huge Steelers fan. Right. Am I a Steelers fan? I don't really, I'm not really into pro football, man. I'm more into college.
2: Okay. Okay.
4: I I I remember he he was big time Steelers.
2: Yeah. 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 That's cool, man. So, okay. Do you remember, obviously he does this trek across the United States with, with Billy Corgan and things like that. Was that just another chapter to you as his probably brother and closest confidant? Do you think that was just another chapter in the crazy life of Joe Hudson? I mean,
4: (laughs) man, I think in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, it was it just kind of all these all these things just turned into other things. I mean, I think he I think he had a feud with Raven, right? Initially right. at the stadium Inn or something, and he met Billy through Raven. I think Raven his friends with Billy, mm, so okay. that's how gotcha. that's how he um, met Billy, and he started wrestling in Resistance Pro. Does that yeah. sound? Yep, that's you know, it. Togo? But yeah, I mean, it turned into him just kind of, I mean, because he wasn't really even doing any type of wrestling angle at that point, you know? Yeah.
1: But that's but just, like I mean, we said, was, that's just him in you know, chapter, you know? The It's just, yeah, I was a missionary. I traveled the country with Billy Corgan. Uh, I, you know, I mean, just all the things. It's just like he lived a full life, man, even though tragically, cut way short. He lived a full life, man.
2: Yeah.
4: I just think it just always turned into something else with him.
2: Yeah. And such an interesting guy to talk to when the later years, you know, before his passing, we, we kind of modified our friendship into texting. And every time I would see him accomplish these cool things, I would always send him a text and say, you know, brother, You're awesome. I'm proud of you, you know, because I always saw him as a musician who turned into a wrestler. Obviously, he's an athlete, but at the same time, he was coming from my end of the spectrum in the music world. And I I was just like, brother, I'm so proud of you. You're doing big things. Keep it up. And, you know, honestly, he was a busy man, so it was really kind of hard to pin down conversations with him. But those texts meant the world to me. Now, Wolfie and he had these amazing adventures as well, which you'll hear later on in the show. (laughs) <laughs> Some more of those, but, you know, to me, Joe was, I don't know. There's a line in the Chris Christopherson song, the Pilgrim chapter 33. And it's, it goes, he's a walking contradiction, partly truth and partly fiction, taken every wrong direction on his lonely way back home and every time i think of joe i think of those lyrics now mm. i think that song might have been written about johnny cash or johnny cash either way every time i think of joe though that 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 lyric comes to my mind you know yeah. and
4: Civil shepherd says it to robert de niro in taxi driver too
2: oh that's right that's, that's excellent that that's a good yeah. nugget Yeah, yeah. Kids go watch that movie. So okay. So then, I I, you know not to be disrespectful in any way, but how's his son doing?
4: Man, he's he's doing well. You know, he's I I talk to him every once in a while. He he lives in a different state now with his mom, but he's you know he's a video game kid. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, He's just just a regular, you know, eleven year old. He you know the best he can do. Yeah. Right. I mean, right. I don't think he really understands everything or the magnitude of everything yet. But mm. I mean, he got he got to spend you know really quality time. Yeah, with his dad. I mean, yeah. uh, you know that age, and it's just you know it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. But I, I remember, I remember, man, the first time he told me he met Wolfie. Cause he was like, man, I met this dude And he was in PG-13, man you remember them? And I was like, well, it sounds familiar They wrestled the Road Warriors, man <laughs> like, Spencer, like he was telling me that And we watched that video, man <laughs> I, I, okay. I don't remember whether it was Wolfie or Jamie Taking it, but well, uh, we both You took. know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah Oh, yeah. okay yeah. Yeah. But More than once. once on- I was like, holy crap. The ru- they wrestled the road. Wh- I think Farouk sent you guys out, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. Like, yeah.
5: Right. Right. Kind of yeah. Hurt. Yeah. yeah.
4: Yeah, man. I mean, that was a big deal to him. Wolfie, I mean, you were the first guy that was able to take him further than just a local, you know, to kind of. Yeah.
1: That's what we talked about is kind of a. It was almost like a trade off with me and Joe at that point, you know. I knew he needed some bookings and I could get him booked against me, which would help him, and at that time, I needed wheels to get to the town, so he provided that. So we, you know, we kind of helped each other, you know.
4: Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. he I mean, the thing with Jerry Lawler, Jerry, Jerry was actually his favorite wrestler. I don't know yeah. if you guys knew that. No, I did not know that. That's oh a- yeah, that was a, that was a huge deal to him. He
1: always told me I was his favorite. Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. But uh, yeah, yeah, man, we we traded out, you know, and then we just became friends after that, man. And that's what I was telling uh, Jimmy. You know, it's awkward. He's the one person like I'm not a big talk on the phone dude at all and uh Uh, i would actually call joe every now and then just even after i moved away from nashville just call and just see what's up and i i do not do that that's very uncharacteristic of me
2: (laughs) yeah So. so the cool thing that i like is you are doing your absolute brotherly duty uh to keep his memory alive. And, you know, if this show helps in any way with that, that's the goal is to keep the memory of this man alive. And you've done so with his social media pages. Now, I know, you know, that's kind of a slippery slope. Sometimes social media isn't always the most positive place to be. But, you know, you can still go and see that picture of him and Roddy Piper or that, that picture of him and Jerry Lawler in the ring at a carnival, you know, sometimes this world, as we know, can kind of bog down on people, but to kind of be able to see the, the great elements of, you know, and getting to reminisce about your friend, you know, and your brother, it's, mm-hmm. it's nice. So I'm glad you did that. Do you mind to share those pages with the people?
4: Um, I I think the Instagram, one of my, um one of his friends actually sort of runs that. I don't really do much stuff social media.
2: Okay. Okay. Right.
4: But it, it's just, I think it's at Josephus wrestler is gotcha. the Instagram mm-hmm. Okay. is I think the only thing that's there. Um, okay. His, okay. I think he was on Facebook, but I don't, I don't think um, we could ever get, you know, recover the passwords or anything for that. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So Instagram with some curious comes in. It, she, like contacts me, like, Hey, like when, you know, it was something from you guys or something, she would text me and tell me that's how it's worked in the past. I can get on there too, but I just don't, I don't know, man, maybe I'm too out of touch with all that.
2: (laughs) It's okay, man. It's okay. Uh, Not a bad thing.
4: A little too much negativity for me to Yeah. want to, you know, yeah. yeah go down the wormhole of all that and people don't have to be responsible for what they say anymore it seems like no, <laughs> no you'd say yeah. to anybody on there you wouldn't say to them in person or you know, right. that's just my two cents yeah. yeah i think a lot of people would agree with you on that one
2: yeah absolutely and <laughs> you know if it weren't for the show i would be dialed back on mine as well it just helps <laughs> to promote a podcast on social media these days you know so oh, absolutely <laughs> Yeah. So I guess we'll leave with this here. You know, Seth, again, thank you for coming on, man. But if you could you leave us with one, you know, maybe a sum up of Joe, could you leave us with one statement about Joe? Maybe that the people would like to hear,
4: man, he was, he was really just ah, accepting to everyone. I mean, he didn't care what you had, where you lived, what you look like, anything, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, I, I think that's the thing about him. He just, I, I mean, and, and don't get me wrong. He had a side. If you, if you, you know, crossed him or messed with him or something, he, you know. He'd write you off quick.
5: Right? <laughs> <laughs> he would. Yeah.
4: But I, I think he just, I don't want to say he loved everybody, but I mean, man, he just for the most part, got along with everybody and had fun being around everybody. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, yeah. you're, you're, you knew you were going to have fun when you were around and when you were talking to him. And,
2: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, man, he was, man. he was definitely a comedian in the locker room. I remember that for sure. Yeah. He was hilarious. So, but you know, thank you again, Seth, for coming on.
1: Hey, thanks, thanks so much for having me guys i really appreciate you doing that once again we want to thank uh seth for coming on here man uh uh, your brother meant a lot to me he meant a lot to jimmy and to a lot of other folks and when we come back y'all we're going to be listening to uh some outtakes from an interview that joe did about me and we're going to listen to that and i'm going to uh interject in some of it and, and and talk about my feelings on it so we'll be back Let's take a quick timeout and get a word from one of my dope ass sponsors. And we'll be right back with more Live and in Color with Wolfie D. you need the Rockstar Realtor.
2: Benji is a member of Exit Realty's Garden Gate team in Gallatin, Tennessee.
0: My name's Joseph Hudson, also known as Josephus, in the wrestling world. I've been wrestling around five years. I got into it because I was interested in writing a screenplay about wrestling, but eventually fell in love with the wrestling itself. I got in the wrestling business around 2008. I was initially a cameraman and then I was training at the time and had my first match in 2009. Originally Tony Falk and his son broke me into the business. After that I got in with uh, Dutch Mantell and actually Wolfie. I started traveling on the road with Wolfie around the time I started training with Dutch. I used to watch the territory stuff from Memphis when I was a kid with my grandfather. And that wasn't really Wolfie's time, it was more the time where Lawler was the main guy and you had Dutch Mantell, Austin Idol, Bill Dundee, they were kind of the top guys. I got out of it a little bit of the watching, probably when Wolfie was making his debut, so I actually didn't know Wolfie uh, growing up or anything like that in the sense of watching him on television. I think the Memphis fan base is very loyal because they still just want to see a good old fashioned fight between a couple of guys. I mean, they'll come see a fight every week. It doesn't have to be like a bunch of spot monkeys or anything like that. They want to see a good old fashioned fight. Even if it's people that don't always look the part, they want to have angles. They want to have stories. They want to have drama to believe in and baby faces to believe in and follow and see the heel get their ass handed to them.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Joseph Stephens, obviously very early on, he was getting acquainted. I mean, you can tell by the things he said and how he's viewing it as far as, you know, Memphis and the average guy and the story and all that, so he's getting it. Uh, He explained what I said, you know. Uh, LT, and then he hooked up with Dutch, and he hooked up with me uh, to start taking bookings. I tried to get him booked everywhere, like I said, hell, I needed some bookings, but I also needed a ride. Uh, There were some issues in my life that we'll get to here in a minute, but um, yeah, I I helped him. He helped me. That's the way I looked
0: at it. Yeah. Around maybe early 90s, I quit watching wrestling for almost 10 years. I just wasn't interested anymore. and kind of felt like wrestling was absurd and so i quit watching it but at the same time that's the reason i started doing it later in life because it's absurd
1: okay yeah so i love the word he used right there absurd (laughs) wrestling is absurd i mean that's what we love about it right and Mm. the fact that he he realized that that's what he loved about it and uh getting involved with someone like me whose stuff is absurd real life and uh in ring life is absurd so Yes. I, I, he, Joe just, he got it, man. He got everything. That's why I said, man, he's a talented dude and everything he tried to do, he did it. And he did it well, man. That's what was so cool about him.
2: Yeah. And if I were to use the word absurd, it would feel weird, but to him, it just feels natural, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's just so, you can just tell by his, his phrasing and his, his, his words that he's an intellectual, you know what I mean? Well, that, yeah. He's
0: smart as that. Uh, Tony Fox's son, LT, was going on a road trip, and he wanted me to drive him. And he said, we're also going to drive this guy that was in WWF and TNA named Wolfie D. And once again, I had no idea who that was. And thus began the fateful, fatal, not fatal, but strange road trip that I started with Wolfie D. And the strange life trip I started with Wolfie D.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah that part right there is a couple of things to me <laughs> the fact that he said fatal which I'm I'm sure he was directed more towards me and then it ends up that he goes before I do and yeah. any weird how did this happen type of way right but the fact that he he's being truthful because like I said that was a when he and I met it was just a it was a bad time in my life and I, You know, behind the scenes and even in front of the scenes, man, everybody knew there was stuff going on with me that I was, I was not handling real well, man. And uh, so it did begin a relationship with me and him that was both awesome. Whenever I needed him, man, like I really needed him sometimes and he was always there for me and uh, like a place to lay my head or just... <sighs> different things man but we were very close man we were very close
0: yeah well when i met wolfie i don't think it was a good time in his life um one of his former girlfriends who had his kid eventually was down in florida so wolfie d was kind of left to his own devices in nashville at this apartment near the municipal auditorium and so he was kind of I think ready to party a little bit and I, I had never really been around a wrestler that had been somewhere at that point point. and so Wolfie is the kind of guy who wants what he wants he wanted to drink in the car he wanted to do other things that were a little bit out of control um, but he wanted it right at that moment it was like I want instant gratification I'm a star. And I hadn't really encountered that. I just encountered a bunch of guys who look like idiots that were, that happened to be in a wrestling ring at the time.
1: All right. So that part there, what I hate the most on that one is just that it like, I, 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 really don't think I carry myself that way. Although He's right 100% about, especially in those times right there, I am instant gratification. You can see that with my drive on positive things, such as this podcast, my artwork, whatever. Whatever it is into, I'm 100% into it. If I'm not into something, I'm 0% into it. There's really no gray area with me on anything, Uh, happiness, sadness, uh, drive, whatever. There's no in-between. I'm either all for it or I'm not. And uh, so at that point, yeah, there there were some things going on. Um, I was left to my own devices, and I'm not going to get too much into that. It was just, you know, I felt like I was done wrong in that situation and continue to be done wrong to this day, but this is not the episode for that. Right. Um, So, yeah, things were screwed up, but I really didn't feel like I tried to big time him or anything. That was just me and my demons talking of hey, uh, you know, I got my own money here, bro. Can we, you know, I yeah. I always been in cars with people that, you know, we we just, we did what we did. And, right. And and he was new to this and new to everything. So, yeah, kind of, he was like, uh, I don't know. So, <clears throat> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Let me, yeah, let me speak on this real quick because yeah. I do, I do see what he's saying there as yeah. far as sometimes, or, you know, impulse control. I have that issue as well. But, Maybe it's a Sagittarius thing. I don't know. But at the same time, I think he may perceive that maybe you thought that, but I have never had that, you know, perception from you of like, I'm a star. Give me what I want. What, What I would say is, is you have impulse control of a recovering addict. You know, that's just how things are. We have that, but part of that is just part of being an addict and things. But at the same time, you know, he could see that, but maybe he's perceiving it as that because he's so green in the business yeah. and he had never been around people. Like he just said, being around guys that are idiots, you, instead you're around somebody that's been somewhere, you yeah. know, that's different.
1: That's the thing when he says that it's like. Just because I do this, don't mean I've been somewhere. You know, do, is that the jaded veteran sure. I want to relay? No, it, it wasn't at that time. <laughs> uh, hopefully, right. I don't know that. But hey, yeah. we go through rocky periods. You know, my life's been an open book. People know I went to rehab and did all this, and not right. that I'm a percent today, but I'm way better than I was. What are, he's talking about, I promise. Uh, and 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 very, very focused on the things I want to do. But at any anyway, rate.
2: I have no doubt about that. Yeah. All right, let's go back in here. All right. Well, I could
0: tell that Wolfie was a professional in wrestling, that he knew how to put a match together, that he knew what the business was and should be. And I also could see the difference between a guy like him and a guy that just wrestles locally for 20 years. He knew He knew the business and he knew the psychology of the business. But his personal life was in shambles and he's an alcoholic so i kind of saw the dichotomy between someone who's super i saw the dichotomy between someone who's super talented and that their personal life isn't really together and he's probably his own worst enemy
1: okay first of all i don't even know what dichotomy means uh (laughs) we can look that up i guess uh but He's he's very truthful on every statement he made, and that's what I wanted to say. He's he's not wrong about any of that. Um, and like I said, these things will change later, but at that time, he's he's extremely right about everything he's calling me on and and saying about me. You know, yeah, um, I I did know what I was doing, but at the same time, I was just in a bad place, and yeah, I could get in the ring and and separate all that for you know, 15 minutes or whatever. But then once that was over, then it was a whole new animal.
2: Yeah. Yeah. A dichotomy is a division. You know, it's essentially a separation, uh, you know, so it's like two contrast. It's like, so it's the technical definition, Webster's, you know, whatever dictionary, a division or contrast between two things that are are or are represented as being opposed or entirely different. So basically, you're this full on professional when you're in the ring or in wrestling. But then when you're outside of it, you are a party animal. Essentially, right. that's right. kind of what he's taken from it. It sounds yeah. like. So, you know, okay. anyway, back to the show here.
1: Well,
0: because he's really good, because Wolfie is really good at wrestling he can have an amazing match with anybody. I mean, that's what they say a good worker can do. They can have an amazing match with anybody. He can make a broomstick look good, and that's his own words, and that's the truth. But when you see that, when you see the beauty of like a great wrestling match, and then you see the road trip home where he's destroying himself through alcohol, and he's really just destroying his life because he can't stop drinking once he starts. It's a, It's a sad situation but it's also a heartbreaking situation because you know you know that that guy could have been at the top or or close to the top he should have been a bigger star than he has been
1: all right um yeah and man see i, I love that he he realizes that uh, about the star thing and and i believe that too man but everything happens for a reason <sighs> I mean, I I am thankful that he thought of me like that. I know he trusted in me and he he listened to me and all that kind of stuff. But for the fact that he would say, yeah, you know, he should have been better and and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, other people have said that, too. But, again, everything happens for a reason. And for whatever reason, you know, that was going on in my life at the time. And,
7: and, you
1: know, I bounced back from it. I I bounced back before that, you know. So this was uh, – I I love Joe, and this is just a – it's an honest, true statement of how we began. Yeah. And everything else went on. We just became great friends.
2: Yeah, and I mean that's the thing with Joe. Also, just keep in mind, listeners, this is coming from a documentary that definitely has a slant towards Wolfie D's addiction and alcoholism. So keep in mind that he may not say these things specifically – in everyday conversation with Wolfie D, these have a specific target for his his conversation here.
1: The person asking the question, doing the documentary, got really pissed off that everyone that I set him up with to interview, Joe was one. Some of my childhood friends, um, Lawler, Rock and Roll, Coco. Uh, I, I can't remember everybody that I, uh, Lance and Dave. No one had anything bad to say about me, right. Uh, and he felt as a very uh, green filmmaker uh, that he needed a heel in this. And I'm like, dude, this is a documentary. These people ain't going to talk bad about me, man. Right?
2: Like, right.
1: I need somebody to talk bad about me. And he literally got pissed off about it. And we won't go into no more. He stole my tapes, blah, blah, blah. This is yeah. something found that is not in the documentary but uh yeah so anyway right
2: right all right let's go back
0: well i think initially wolfie kind of treated me like a mark he wanted me to i asked him to help me work on his my punches because i thought his punches were always really great and he's like oh yeah come on over to my house we'll work on those punches but on the way over pick up a pint of vodka for me
1: (laughs) okay yes 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 that probably happened and as i said (laughs) was just a period of my life but uh i did teach him stuff I, and, and he'll say that later but that's funny and and because we had top 10 punchers a few weeks ago or whatever yeah he put me in there now he's putting me in my punches whatever and i don't remember how i taught him i mean <laughs> he says i broke his neck or he said that before uh but i'm telling you i have been he used to do that uh like overhand uh Brody chop like to the back of the neck and oh my god he hit me in the back of my neck one time right on the spine and about mm. killed, hurt for days and yeah and then he he bitched forever it's so funny I gave him hell about it because I gave him a, uh, a Death Valley driver and he said I dropped him on his head I don't know whatever but uh <laughs> so it was uh that was the receipt for the karate chop to the fucking spine it's probably why I got numbness in my hands today and I had to go to the doctor but anyway
0: let's right. keep going. Popov, which was his brand, which is the worst stuff you could ever put in your body, but through all that, through him kind of treating me like a mark through these road trips where a lot of the times he's not totally sober, but some of the times he is, you're still going to, through osmosis and through sometimes direct training, he showed me quite a few things, and plus I was um, wrestling him quite a bit, so... You're gonna pick things up in the ring just by being in there with a guy like him if you're intelligent enough to do so. Some of the basic things a guy like me would know is to listen to the people. And he's the first guy that ever even said that phrase to me. Because the people can give you the indication of when a match should go home. And I had no concept of that. I just kind of, you know, like you see a lot of guys nowadays, they choreograph their matches in the back and the emotions of the people don't even matter a thing. But a guy like him understands that the people are the most important thing for the most part. At the same time, you have to command their attention no matter what you're doing. And he can do both. He can actually listen to the people, but he can make the people listen to him and then almost control their emotions through what he's doing in the ring.
1: Okay, yeah. And yep. The thing, you know, he's saying I treat him like a mark or whatever, and I've, God, I really don't think I did. It's just my personality, you know. I kind of said this. I got to get you. I got to get you into my trust zone because. Right. Uh, out of that and so i had him into the trust zone i started realizing his potential i started realizing the people was hanging around and and all that stuff and not that i was using him for that no absolutely not i like this dude uh because believe me that stuff didn't come till later i was just taking this guy on the road with me and saying hey uh mr booker uh yeah i promise you i'm gonna have a good match with this guy and he looks like bruiser brody right so basically what i was doing. And uh, the fact that he realizes uh, all the things he was saying about listening to the people, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm training him hands-on right. on the independent circuit. There's no TV. There's no nothing. I'm not teaching him hard cameras. I'm not teaching him that. I'm teaching him. Listen, you know, hey, you know, on the indie show where they say, "Hey, you got 15 minutes, Wolfie," you know, or a lot of times with me, you know, later in their career, they go, "Whatever you want to do, you got how much of a time you want." So. I'm not going out there knowing, all right, I got five minutes on TV, this is what we gotta do. I'm going out there, and what I learned from Danny Davis and people like that was, you know, to listen to the people but don't have rabbit ears. We've talked about that. Don't, if they're yelling for a certain move, they used to do that shit, boring, pile driving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'd be the last thing I'm doing for you. Right. Uh, I started, I started uh, teaching him how to adapt to what crowd we were at, because we went all, all kinds of different places And some regions are different than others and what they want and listen to them uh not not with your ears but kind of with your vibes i know that don't make a lot of sense but that's what i tried to teach him
0: right um other things that he taught me were just that you could have a certain sequence in a match, but then you can mix it up 20 different ways where you're still doing the same things, but in a different order. And you can constantly work like one sequence mixed up 10 different times in a match at a different, you know, particular moment. Yeah, I saw a lot of times where his drinking interfere with his work. For the most part, even when Wolfie was plastered, he could keep a, a decent match going. But I've also seen him kind of spiral out where I think for instance we were having a match and it was like a lumber fans lumberjack match i know there's a lot of different types of those but this one was just where the fans had some belts and if we stepped out of the ring they belted us and he was wrestling that match when he was drunk and i, I swear he almost beat up one of the fans because i you know he couldn't really they walloped him pretty good and i just i grabbed him back in the ring when i felt like that was about to happen luckily it didn't but Really, I've seen him also get canceled off of bookings because like, he would go on a binge for a couple of days and somebody knew that was happening. So they're like, and I'd be the messenger. They'd be like, tell Wolfie he's off this booking. It's hard to be bearer of bad news for a guy like Wolfie just because Wolfie wants what he wants, especially back then. He wanted that immediate gratification. He wanted people to do what he wanted when he's plastered or whatever when he wants it whether it's a booking or anything else you know like my big joke with him is we'd get in the car after a a trip or after a match when we had to drive home he'd be like take me to the liquor store it's like no we're not going to do that take me to the liquor store I mean he's kind of like back then he was the kid who would ask you to do something a hundred times until you gave in and I think he hurt his chances in the even in indie bookings because of that but me being the bearer of bad news to a guy like him is horrible so i'd always have to deflect it i was like well you have their number so call them (laughs) because you know i'm just i'm the mediary there
1: yeah i mean and again uh, at that point he's he's right on man i mean those things happened and uh yeah I, i usually could go out there and and do what I needed to do but there have been occasions where I couldn't and 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 those were, like I said, very shitty times in my life.
2: So yeah, it's, it's tough to hear some of this. It's gotta be, you know, but uh, one thing I will say is I've been involved in those fans whip the wrestler matches before. And as a manager, who's always outside of the ring, those really suck. So anyway, and and I'll
1: tell you, I did this another time. Uh, Alan Steele, Alan Lamb on Facebook. Yeah. uh, Memphis man, me and him had a match one time. I was slashed. This was probably around 2000 or something like that when I first started doing it. And uh, we're fighting. I, I think it was like it was in Arkansas. It wasn't Jonesboro, but it was like an armory. It was packed. Yeah. And me and him had a match, and we go outside the ring, and man, he grabbed me by my and there's people all around us. And yes, I, this was one of those times where I was I was being me, you know, the destruction. But anyway, it was a good match. (laughs) (laughs) Grabbed me, and there's people all around us, and he spun me around, and for whatever reason, I thought he was a mark that spun me around, and I fucking punched him right in the nose and broke his nose. (laughs) And he didn't thank God. He didn't, like get mad i think he knew what i was doing or what i thought i was doing i don't know he didn't get mad or he respected me enough not to sure retaliate or anything like that but uh yeah we still talk about that so yeah i can totally see me doing that
2: (laughs) all right yeah yeah. All right. Here we go. I'm not
0: the, the interview guy. Yeah. Brother. I'm the behind the scenes. No. So you're doing great with the fact that I can't ask a question. Right. No. i Thank you for having patience <laughs> with me. I'm used. To, <laughs> I swear I'm used to it now. Yeah. The, AMC always tells you to phrase the answer yes. as the first the question. You know. So I'm trying to do that. I ask that.
7: a lot of questions that. that in my head it sounds right, but it comes out as a yes or no question. Right. And was, and I and I know I do it to myself and
0: I'm like, oh I should have explained that better. No, that's okay. I'm like I s i have only been doing that show a couple of weeks, but I'm already used to the process. Oh, you but. got the process better than everybody. <laughs> I mean this is a breeze. Good, good. Um so yeah, I'll probably talk about the last time he came out, but Alright, and as you guys
1: will listen now. As I was talking earlier, this cocksucker wants everybody to talk bad about me. So that's why he is, oh, man, I'm glad that I can't say anything, blah, 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 trying to influence each one of my guests. And I've been told uh, after the fact for this documentary that, uh, you know, he did that with everybody. Like I said, he needed a villain and nobody would talk bad about me and he he fucking hated it. (laughs)
5: Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, bro.
2: Well, you know. People talk about this controversy creates cash, so they really want to to mimic this fake. You know, you see it on reality TV all the time. And you know, people, you know, maybe our podcast it would be better if you and I just sat here and argued the whole time. But I just don't see that as fun, dude. (laughs) The other thing is we agree on most everything except "Simple Man" by Leonard Skinner. But other than that, you know. So really we haven't had that disagreement. I promise you if Wolfie and I have a disagreement. We will, you'll hear it. But at the same time, we just haven't disagreed. So you can't make fake, you know, it's just BS. Yeah. Fake news. All right, here we go. Well, when Wolfie
0: got out of rehab, he reached out to me, but I, I could just, sometimes you sense something about someone. You sense that their burdens are gone and that they're ready to approach life in a new way. And I think that's where he is right now. He just had a kid. And I think having a kid brings that innocence back to you. And I and I hope that he can stay in that space. I hope that he finds that space to retain that, that innocence and that love for life for the rest of his life. Because this is always going to be a struggle for him. My father was an alcoholic, so... I've seen a little bit of that struggle. I was a kid when I saw it, but I, I saw that, and he let it get the best of him. And I think Wolfie's too good of a guy to let this get the best of him. I've seen that, I've seen the goodness in him, I've seen the, the evil of alcohol in him, but I've seen the goodness, and I think the goodness will win. Oh, I have, I have a very good story about Wolfie being Wolfie. One night, Wolfie and I had come home for Evansville, from Evansville, and it was like Wolfie, my wife, and, and I, and we were downtown Nashville. He was working at Coyote Ugly. He just wanted to go down there to check in at work. He hadn't had a drink or anything. I think he was out of money or something. Well, he we had gotten a payoff, so that's right. We got a payoff, and he wanted to blow that payoff. But he didn't want to do it on the ride home because we'd had too much friction before about him drinking in the car so anyway, we go to this bar down the street from Coyote Ugly and there's a big old Mark who works in there and he knew Wolfie, Wolfie was getting some free drinks they lock up for some weird reason, they all of a sudden decide to lock up and Wolfie and the guy kind of butt heads and Wolfie's just looking at the guy like I know that didn't just happen and I, I, I don't know what happened, but the next thing I know, Wolfie he just, whoosh, he just jacked the guy's jaw. <laughs> and immediately there were like four bouncers there throwing all of us out, he, my wife, and I. And we just walked back to the car, and I took him home. <laughs> so He just jacked this big old Mark's jaw. It was one of these guys that was like, yeah, I've had five matches before, and you're just kind of like, oh, shut the hell up. He just jacked that guy's jaw. I think that, to me, that was Wolfie's subconscious coming out. He wanted to do that anyway. But it was really the, the alcohol that allowed him to do so. All right, so <laughs> here's the way that, that went down, and he's
1: got a great perspective on it, but the only thing he's, he's missing is, okay, so the guy's name is Snoop, and yeah, we went to Coyote Ugly for a minute or whatever because I used to bounce there, and then we went down the street. I, I can't remember what the name of it was, but this guy's name, Snoop, i know Snoop for a long time. Snoop's still my friend. You know, I love him to death hears this, but that particular night, is one of those deals where, uh, you know, you go in there and then, oh, the wrestlers are, oh, hey, chop me, chop me, ah, all that shit started. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, let's lock up. And Snoop, Snoop used to hang out with Chase. I don't know what Chase showed him in the bar or wherever else or whatever. Right. He wanted to fuck up with me. So, okay. And I did not blow my whole payoff. I did spend a lot of it, but uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, for the ones that don't know, Joe's ex-wife, she's a big girl, man, bodybuilder girl. She was uh, what? She was I think she was taller than me, like six two, yeah. and jacked, right? Right, totally. Uh, yeah. And Joe is what six three, six four, something like, like that. Cody, and then you got me in there. So all right, so he wants to lock up. So we go to lock up. Well he fucking does deal dump shit and ducks his head and headbutts me in the nose. Oh man. And man, I just, you know, at that moment in time <laughs> <laughs> my reflex was fuck you whoom <laughs> fucking nailed him boom jacked him right in the jaw well what happened was you know Joe said the bouncers did yeah they did there's about four of them on his he was the bartender and and then about three or four bouncers come up and so it was like a Mexican standoff oh, me man. Josephus and uh, and and well, what'd they call her Abriella Abriella yeah uh, yeah but, Um. So you got this big jacked up chick. You got this big Bruiser Brody dude, and you got this slash guy. (laughs) And and they're literally we just stood there. What's up? What what y'all gonna do? (laughs) Yeah, like leave. You gotta leave. So he made it like they were able to rush us all off. That's not the case. It was just like. Okay, he just punched him, so now we need to be cool, and can we ask y'all to leave? And so we did. So,
2: Dude, those Coyote Ugly bouncers did not play either. It
1: oh m- No, 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 no. Uh, man, the dudes
2: that I worked with, we didn't play. But this, like I said, this didn't happen
1: at Coyote Ugly. Gotcha, we went- okay. I think it was, uh, God, I can't remember the name of that bar. It was right down the street on the same side on 2nd Avenue. I can't okay,
2: remember.
0: yeah, here we go. You know that Snoop guy, you ever meet him downtown? No, uh, Big old Chase Stevens, Mark, or whatever.
2: No, I know Chase, and I know his, uh,
0: His, his little, yeah, this guy would always dress like him with the uh, bandanas and, uh,
4: Chris Michaels?
0: <laughs> I mean, he's like, it's like Chase, Chris, and then Snoop. But Wolfie jacked him, man. Well, Wolfie D right now is, is living in the redemption of, of recovery from alcohol, from everything. He's got a new kid, he's got a good woman in his life. He's coming from a hellacious history of alcohol, poisoning poisoning him and poisoning his his life. He was a star, he's been a lot of places in wrestling, and now he has to, to be a lot of places for his family and for himself. Okay, so look at the camera for this one. Yeah. Wolfie D, I wish you all the best. I know you're going to conquer your demons. I love you. And I look forward to being in your life. Ah, let me do that over. That sucks. Wolfie D, I know you're going to conquer your demons. I look forward to your journey. I look forward to hearing about it. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm trying to cut a promo now. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, and all the other stuff. Perfect. Yeah. Wolfie D, conquer those demons. Live that life, man. Your kids need you, your woman needs you, and you
2: need you. God, bro. <laughs> All
0: right.
2: That so put tears on me, man. I'm sorry. Part,
1: that part, I understand. The first time I watched it, it did the same thing to me, because I feel like that was the last time for him talking to me, you know, whether it's, you know, being weird and saying from the grave or whatever, but... Um, man, I love him, man. And I know what he means. And I, I hope that I've done, you know, a little bit better. I, I know I'm better than the, the times he was talking about. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I don't know one day I, I'll get a hundred percent. Uh, but I'm also, uh, doing, doing good things right now, man. I'm happy with myself. Um, there's there there are things nobody's ever perfect, and this economy we live in right now is driving everybody crazy, man. It's it's really hard on everybody, um, right. but we're doing something fun. Uh, this, this podcast has been awesome. Uh, it's, it's made me rejuvenate my my whole wrestling aspect of everything, my artistic stuff. Uh, it, it's actually got me more where I'm out with my kids doing stuff and her kids and just trying to be a better dude, man. So, like I said, man, you know, the things that he said, man, that was a very dark time. Uh, things today are much different. Uh, they're not 100 I'll never lie to anybody. They're not 100, but they are very good. And, uh, man, Josephus was a great, great person and a great friend of mine. Man, And I miss him dearly every day.
2: When he said that part, I look forward to living life with you, man. I don't know. I just, you know, we think about things in our life, about why are we here. We think about days like, well, days, you know, things will be better without us, you know, things yeah. get- People in our life would be better if we weren't around, and you know, I don't know, man. That just kicked me in the gut right there, bro. Uh, you know,
1: uh, it's that dude every day. I wish I could call him. Like I said, uh, <clears throat> not to get. <laughs> I hope the listeners aren't getting too down. I hope nobody drove off a bridge yet or tried to hang themselves. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, that's our boy, and uh, you know, he was a good friend of mine. And you know, things in life happen. Yeah. Things get better sometimes they get worse sometimes they get better but uh man i'm i'm just glad to say that joseph hudson came into my life and i was honored enough to meet him and spend the time with him that i did and uh he, he's a great person
2: and we are all better for knowing him yeah absolutely
6: some roads that you take some bones will choose to break And I swore I'd no longer be the pallbearer But I carried you to bed So you could rest your head You were taking off of Heavy drinking Your memories and songs and your pictures on my wall, are not forgotten. There was hymns that came from mouths that turned crosses upside down, but it came through their teeth with Bye. Some with such a plot buried deep inside, but it's okay to cry. Some boys won't shed a tear, but a tale like this here it can break me down and get me where it hurts the most. Where I laid you down To rest one last time Goodbye
2: right back with current affairs DJ hit the music it's a current of- All right, we're back with Current Affairs on this very special episode, a tribute to Josephus. Joe Hudson passed away tragically in 2021. Just got to listen to him talk about Wolfie D from a documentary that we don't even mention the name of, but those words meant a lot. So with Current Affairs, there's some great ones right now, some really interesting ones. The number one, I think, right now is Logan Paul, the famous YouTuber recently signed a deal with WWE. He will be appearing in premium live events, you know, that's what they call their pay-per-views now, in 2022 and 2023. His singles debut will likely be in Nashville at SummerSlam versus The Miz because they left that cliffhanger-type deal at the... You know, I thought the guy really kicked ass at the Wrestlemania. I yeah. Was, I
1: mean, his know. his his match was good, man. I think he did good. And I think they... Uh, I think that's a good investment. They'll, they'll do good with him. He's got popularity, and then right, good. So.
2: Yeah. Whenever a celebrity comes in and craps the bed, it's not good. But this guy right. actually did something surprisingly amazing at WrestleMania, and I think it's yeah. a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I agree. Yeah, so the next one is kind of weird. And so are, are you familiar with the wrestler Joey Ryan? Yes. Okay, he does this move where the guy would get his flip. hands up to his dong and flip him over and do yeah. this. Nice nah, anyway. He said, so he basically I, I know it before you know it, man. Yeah, yeah. So he basically <laughs> gets a he, he gets kind of blackballed from the business because of this speaking out movement, which is similar to Hollywood's Me Too, where basically, you know, guys that have done bad things to women or other men or whatever are blackballed from the business so basically joey ryan was recently seen by a fan working on the jungle cruise at disneyland in california his um and the pictures got out and it went viral it's like hey look i think this is joey ryan he's dyed his hair blonde he had a different looking beard a little bit but he's basically he got a real job because he got fired he can't do much with his career, <laughs> so now he had to get another job. Well, Disney basically hears about this because his name is Joseph Ryan Meehan. He sl- he slid past the background check because they didn't see anything because he went by Joey Ryan, mm-hmm. and so now he gets fired. My thing is on this now. One, it's not great that he was at Disneyland was maybe any kind of sexual problems or <laughs> issues, but dude, can a guy not get a job? Uh. I no. Mean, is he going to go to Kroger and get fired for working in the meat department? You know what I'm saying? Like,
1: It's crazy, man. With this day and age, that's a chance you take on social media, man. And I've said it to you, man, certain times. like, And I'm, yeah. I'm very much, you know me, I'm not politically correct, none of that bullshit. But then sometimes I'm like, Jimmy, should we uh, do something about this? Should we not do this? Should we not? You know, I ain't trying to. Right. I, I, I hate to say I ain't trying to get canceled because fuck that. I think it's all stupid, but
2: right, I, right.
1: I understand. Uh, I'm kind of one of those guys that when in Rome, you know, do as the Romans do. And then that's kind of where we are at this point in time. If this is what we're wanting to do uh, and lay this thing out there with, there are certain rules we got to go by just as you do at work, whatever. Sure, right. But unfortunately, man, the way the world is now, you could have done something 20 years ago. And i yeah you there's there's things that i think about i'm like damn man i'm so glad it ain't you know now right then when this happened but man you you they'll go back on you and start getting shit man and yes it does suck and i think it sucks for him i did not like uh the fucking gimmick didn't like it thought it was stupid but should he have to pay like that no i don't agree with that
2: Yeah, the dude has to feed himself and family and and to kill any opportunity of him for a job. I mean, are we going to make an island that that sexual predators have to go to and live on? I mean, yeah,
1: I don't know what all the allegations on him, all that kind of stuff. You know me, man. I I don't know. dude. I don't know. I just feel like God, man, it's like now you get caught with something you get caught on something. Somebody calls you out for one thing that you've ever done in your life. No matter how long ago it was, whatever you're screwed forever. Totally. If you were, cause he was over. So that makes it even worse for him. If he was not over, if he was just doing it like in a little indie circuit, it wouldn't mean shit, but he he got it over. And now it's a huge thing. So,
2: yeah, yeah, it is. And you know, Hey, I hope you find a job, brother. Everybody needs one, you know? So, all right. Our third current affair is ufc fighter israel adesanya entered his fight at ufc 276 on saturday night to the undertaker's entrance basically down to the hat the urn lightning the lighting of purple and and lightning you know sounds in the background the funny thing was is you know he walks to the ring entirely as the undertaker but (sighs) You know, what's also funny is that Vince, Stephanie, Triple H, Pat McAfee, also Tony Khan and JR were all in attendance at this UFC fight. So it's pretty crazy. It's a cool tribute. You check it out when you get a chance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: is there. I mean, yeah. trains are all there, but who knows, man?
2: <laughs> who knows? He might. It's just a tribute. I think, you know, yeah. I know Taker loves UFC and, you know, yeah that kind of stuff. So anyway, that was kind of cool to see. Now our last current affair of the day, this is a rumor. I don't want to really put too much stake in this, but you know, I had to tell you about this when I read about it, there is a, there is a rumor of a possible partnership with OVW and Netflix. Mm. This would run new shows. Yes. Run new shows. And also Netflix would get the tape library. So nice, yeah. I don't know what the ownership situation is with OVW. If if yeah, WWE I, has, you know, that's
1: cool. I can see it happening, that's very cool.
2: Yeah, it is cool. Now, what is their tape library? Does yeah. WWE own a lot of those tapes, or do you know, because the tapes that everybody would want to see essentially not to knock anyone. Yeah. In OVW, was the time uh, that you and, and chris michaels and and other folks were there training superheroes essentially you know
1: orton uh, lesnar right. yeah Andrew, all of them yeah good stuff yeah.
2: yeah so it would be a good get for netflix especially since netflix has had a recent downturn unfortunately due to other streaming you know they were the they yeah. were the only dog in the game for a long time and now People are just not even having cable in their home anymore. They just have internet and streaming. So anyway, that's that's the current affairs of the day. Uh, Nothing really major, but you know, obviously, this show was about a tribute to our friend Joe. We miss you. We love you, brother. Yeah, you know, man. take us out, Wolfie D.
1: Yeah, man, thank you for everybody that listens every week, especially this week with my boy Josephus, man. love him to death, and I'm sure a lot of you guys, too. We still want to have your feedback. If you got any requests for shows, uh, please still hit me up on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter, whatever. Uh, talk to us about what you want to hear, but then also help us out. Let's, let's get some shirt sales going on. I still got figures, T-shirts, uh, 8 hey, yeah. 10. I got the artwork going on so so hit it up and help us do this thing good you guys are doing great uh, the the listenership the downloads just keep going up and i'm so humbled by that thank you so much uh, yeah. but once again for jimmy street i'm wolfie d this is live and in color peace out
2: and now a word from our sponsor
1: Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts.
4: This is the big picture, Michael Jablonski. Don't forget to tune in every week to Jablonski's Pissed Off on the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling YouTube channel. The fuck, He's gonna
3: tell you all about it. He doesn't care what you think. You're gonna hear all about it.
1: decibel geek wherever you find your
0: podcasts you'll find us there if you love rock and roll i can almost guarantee you're gonna love my show if you're a pro wrestling fan there's something for everyone at the cheap heat tv podcast network from the pro wrestling discussion show cheap heat tv live to the interview show the jackson interaction podcast with the king of all wrestling media gene jackson To the silliness of the Whitey Jeekin Show and the brand new Zip, Xander's Irresistible Podcast with Charles Anders. You can check them all out and much more over at CheapHeatTVLive.com.
7: So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, They can find me on Facebook. Uh, My personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. I'm on Instagram, at Warren Wolf 13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Live Wolfie D. And then on YouTube, at Live and in Color with Wolfie D Podcast. Our website is anchor.fm slash Wolfie D. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographs photos he has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with wolfie get those photos right wolfie yeah I've got some good stuff on there you know to help with the podcast folks if you can't get out to a show to meet wolfie d there's nothing like that especially for the fans of pg13 and wolfie d also do you have a product or business you'd like Wolfie D to talk about. Let us know about it by leaving a recorded message over at anchor.fm slash Wolfie D slash message. Leave your name and contact info and we'll get back to you. Once again, that's anchor.fm slash Wolfie D slash message. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the
1: bottom of my heart, I really appreciate, first of all, the work you've done for this podcast. You
7: have worked your butt off. Secondly, the people that are liking the page. Beyond that, even more is the people that are listening, and we really appreciate that. Yeah, and remember, guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon, and our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cat for
3: don't He got a cat. I got a cap cat, you don't And here we go The original white boy That came out sagging Not bragging Don't be hating Cause I'm spitting the truth Still loving in color Don't rush your mother Utilize a hubcap Unlike any other Back in the day I was N O D and I was P to the G plus the one and the three. In case you forgot, they call me Wolfie D. Been cloned and copied so many times, tired suck suckers taking credit for what is mine. You know who you are. Without me, name dropping, wrestling first white boy coming out. Hip hop been doing it like this since '92. Played low for a while and you thought I was three. Listen real close to the it that I've injected. This shit's so sick it makes your ears get infected. Bad skills, no faking that. There's no one great. Cause I'm bringing more folks and over on board Not here to play games, so you better beware. You don't like me, so what? I really don't care. All the time I keep ticking and I can't be stopped. You suck a step to the side unless you wanna get dropped. When my finish, I'll straight knock you out. Please allow me to tell you what it's all about. I'm gonna wind it up then I'm driving it home. It's Rupi D, baby. Huh. I got a cap for your not We got a cap for got a cap
5: for your dome. got a cap for your dome.
2: This has been a James Rock Street production.